Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 2 of Extreme EvoCast, an all purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, info, trivia, and all things related to Pokemon. This episode might run a little bit longer than, than usual uh, because if you haven't been living under a rock, you should know that Generation 8 is out. Not out. Oh my god, I wish it was out. It's, the trailer is out. Uh, information about it is out, and uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Um, before we jump into that, though, I do have a disclaimer. Um, I won't be talking about anything related, not anything, I won't be talking about news related to the anime. Uh, you know, the, the new episodes of the anime that come out, or things about that. I, I might briefly talk about the anime um, when I go over, you know, tangents or anything like that, because I, I did used to be a fan of the anime when I was younger, um, but I'm not really super into it anymore, so uh, there's many other places you can go uh, to, to, to get information about the new episodes of the anime, when they'll be released, and all that stuff, so I, I'm not going to bother um, taking the time to watch it, because I'm not really super interested in it, but other than that, I'll try to... Um, bring as much to the table when it comes to the anime as possible. Um, this ep- Like I said before, this episode might go a little bit longer than usual, um, maybe like 10-15 minutes long, because I have a lot to talk about. Um, so let's jump right into the news, I suppose. Um, some lesser news first. Um, Shiny Mewtwo is coming to Pokemon Duel. That's all I really have to say about that. <laughs> uh, like I said last episode, I'm not really a huge Pokemon Duel fan. I have it. I play it sometimes, but um, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, oh, here's something big. Pokemon Day. Uh, February 23rd to May, May 5th. Uh, there's a lot going on Pokemon Day. Uh, you've probably seen some of the Flower Crown Pikachu and Flower Crown Eevee in Pokemon Go uh, celebrating Pokemon Day. Um, which I have been trying to get. Uh, I, I, I've caught in a few, um, EVs so far. I have, I have a, I have, I already have Pikachu and Raichu, but I want to try and get all the evolutions with the Flower Crown, because if you do evolve them, they do keep their Flower Crown, like the hat Pokemon in Pokemon Go. Um, but other than just the Pokemon Go stuff, um, Pokemon Day, they're going to be airing, um, episodes of, the Diamond and Pearl, Black and White, and X and Y anime on Twitch all the way throughout this time. So it's it's already going on. You can probably watch it on Twitch live. Um, episodes, a marathon, like they like they did last, like they did a while ago. Of um, Twitch has been doing a lot of things recently where they uh, show marathons of things on Twitch. I believe they showed the first few seasons of the Pokemon anime a while ago. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure when that was exactly. But they 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 they're doing it now for Pokemon Day, with the with the Diamond and Pearl, Black and White, and X and Y seasons. So yeah, um, they're also airing. They're also focusing on airing episodes that are showing uh, Pokemon like Pikachu, Zekrom, Snorlax, Eevee, everything that are related to the upcoming uh, trading card game pack, Sun and Moon Team Up where Pokemon will be paired together on cards, I guess, is that if that's what that is. Um, we don't really know too much about it yet. There was, like, a trailer that released that talked about, uh, that showed the whole system with the, the team-up 
thing. Uh, but uh, there'll, there'll be airing episodes that include Pokemon that'll be featured on those cards, like Pikachu, Zekrom, Snorlax, and Eevee, things like that. Um, there is some new uh, Pokeball classics coming to the Pokemon Center uh, in the near future with um, some new cute merchandise that you can look forward to, uh, as well as some new Easter Garden Party sets coming to the Pokemon Center coming for the springtime. Um, there is also a Bulbasaur Funko Pop being released. Um, I, I, I don't, you guys are probably going to want to hear my opinion on the Funko Pop because I've seen some really mixed, mixed, you know, reviews and mixed opinions on the Funko Pops as a whole, including the Bulbasaur one. Um, I don't mind Funko Pops all that much. I think they're kind of cute. I think they can definitely be a little bit unsettling, but I, I mean, I have a few myself. I have a few of the Overwatch ones just because they were limited edition and I really wanted them. Um, but they are releasing a Bulbasaur one. I think it looks really cute. I think I, I, th- I'm, I, I think it's a good direction. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with other Pokemon Funko Pops. Speaking of that, um, there is also rumors uh, this is coming from Nintendo Wire. There are rumors that they're going to be hinting that they're hinting at more Pokemon Funko Pops, specifically Mewtwo, uh, which I think is in the very you know realm of possibility, considering how popular Mewtwo is. Um, you know, with it being one of the most popular Pokemon out there, um, so we can look forward to having a new little Mewtwo Funko Pop. <laughs> um. With more stuff about Pokemon Go, there is um, a, a new update that was released a few days ago with uh, Smeargle. And the deal with Smeargle is that um, when you take a picture of your Pokemon with the air camera, there's a small chance that you'll get a Smeargle, a Smeargle to appear photobombing your Pokemon. Um, and you can, And then you can catch it. I haven't been able to get one myself because I haven't... I don't really use the camera feature that much. I'm going to try and use it as much as possible just so I can get the smear goal for my Pokedex. Um, and akin to the sketch the sketch move that Smeargle is most famous for, copying other Pokemon mo- Pokemon moves in battle, uh, Smeargle copies the moveset of the Pokemon that it photobombs. So if you have an Eevee or something, if you're taking a picture of your, of your Eevee and it has, like, Tackle... Uh, the Smeargle that you catch that photobombs your Eevee will have the same moves as your Eevee. So uh, that that seems like a good way to get, like, really cool and interesting Smeargles with, by taking pictures of, like, weird and interesting Pokemon with some cool moves. Um, uh, I did already mention the Flaricon, Eevee, and Pikachu. Uh, there's also the Shiny Clam Pearl event. Um, I'm not sure if that's still going on, but if it isn't, I hope you got some Shiny Clam Pearl, and if it is, then you can get Shiny Clam Pearl. <laughs> Shiny Clam Pearl can appear. I haven't been able to get one myself. Uh, I haven't, like, I haven't had any luck recently with the more recent Shinies. Um, the last Shiny that I got was around the Community Day, uh, where they did, like, all of the Pokemon that were in past community days, like Dratini, all the Kanto starters, Cyndaquil, those ones. I got, like, almost all of them, I think, except f- for a few. But ever since then, 
I haven't been able to get any of the new shinies. Like, Swine Up, I never got one. Meltan, I haven't gotten one yet. Clam Pearl, I haven't gotten one yet. I know that, like, Mighty, uh, Mighty Anna. Uh, Poochiana and Zigzagoon can also be shiny, and I haven't been able to get one of those yet. I've been checking, like, every single Pokemon, but my luck has been really shitty. Um, so, uh, okay, so we're gonna briefly talk about the new trailers. Uh, we're very lucky. We've been getting so many trailers for new things, obviously, other than, uh, you know, the elephant in the room, Gen 8, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, we have the new Detective Pikachu trailer, um, which showcases some brand new Pokemon and some new plot points that we weren't aware of before, which I'm really excited for that movie. <laughs> that movie looks really good in my opinion, and I'm very excited for it. Um, we're prob- I'm probably going to do an entire episode about that movie when it comes out. Um, and I'll probably try to play the games, or the game Detective Pikachu before I go see that movie because I want to have I want it I want it to be almost like a review. I think I think something common that I'll do on this podcast is do reviews of movies and games when they first come out. Obviously, I'm probably going to do a uh, Sword and Shield review, Detective Pikachu when it comes out. The movie um, it's been way too long. I'm not going to review the game it's been out for too long but i do want to have a little bit of a idea of what i'm going into with the movie uh so i'll I'll play the game i know the the basic premise of it um but i i do want to play the game anyway because i haven't had a chance to and it looks really fun um but the new movie we get new pokemon shown off such as lakitung <laughs> um i'm trying to remember a few of them a few of the other ones but uh it's been a while since i watched it uh, oh, we saw some, we saw, like, Golurk, I think. Uh, Golurk looked really cool, I remember that specifically. Um, I'm really loving the the love that they're giving to other Pokemon other than Gen 1. A lot of people were scared that it was going to be just Gen 1 Pokemon, but there's quite a bit of Pokemon in that movie that aren't Gen 1. Um, it seems to be primarily Gen 1, with, like, the main Pokemon, like the Mr. Mime, the Jigglypuff we saw, the Psyduck companion Pokemon... Um, obviously the Pikachu and the Mewtwo that got actually, uh, teased in the new trailer. Uh, but I, I, I do appreciate that they're giving quite a bit of love to, uh, other Pokemon. Um, we did also see Pokemon like Growlithe, I think. Um, and like I said before, Mewtwo, which looks really good, uh, in, I think, in the new, um, the new, uh, the new Detective Pikachu trailer. I'm so excited for that movie. I cannot wait for more, more details about that movie. Like, I, like when the first trailer came out and the second trailer, I took so much time to go through that trailer frame by frame just so I could see like all the details, all the Pokemon, everything like that. Because it look, they look so good in my opinion, and I love seeing the designs of the Pokemon like that. I think they're so, just so cool. Um. So, uh, another trailer that I do want to talk a little bit about, um, probably more than the Detective Pikachu one, is the Pokemon Evolution trailer. Uh, If you're not aware, they released a Japanese trailer for the new Pokemon Evolution movie, the CGI remake of the first movie, Me Too Strikes Back, and uh, we we had a few glimpses of what some of the Pokemon looked like, I think from, like, Koro Koro. We had... um, 
like Pikachu and Mew, I think. Um, but this trailer that got dropped is like a full scale like trailer for the movie. It's in Japanese, so um, people who don't speak Japanese like me didn't really get a taste of what they were saying in the movie, in the trailer. I mean, but the the movie looks great in my opinion. Um, I, I'm seeing some pretty controversial opinions about that movie and how it looks. Like I remember going through the Twitter thread of the of the Japanese trailer that got dropped and seeing everybody so upset about the way that the movie looks and the art style, but in my opinion, I think it looks great. Um, I know that the Pokemon, like, um, like, we know that Pokemon isn't trying to take a turn into realism and CGI because, I mean, we just got, like, the, the new Power of One movie that just came out pretty recently, and that was a full-fledged, you know, anime, uh, animated-style movie. And uh, so people are saying that, like, it's too... It's too like much of a much of a change because we've never really gotten anything CGI coming from Pokemon um, in terms of movies. So I mean, I, I I definitely understand where they're coming from with their criticism, but I think it's I think it's a great thing. I I really do think it looks amazing. I love specifically the art style for the humans, like Ash. We saw like Ash, the main party, Brock, Misty, the professor, uh, professor, uh, Nurse Joy. And some of the scientists, we saw a glimpse of Team Rocket, uh, and they they love the art style. They're they're taking a turn, uh, but but also, you know, homaging back to the original style of the movie. They're basically just like turning this the the animated style into a CGI style, and I think it looks really really good. Uh, like I said, we've seen some I've seen some really controversial opinions with that movie and the art style specifically for the humans, but in my opinion, I think they look absolutely amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, you can check it out on the um, the Japanese uh, Pokemon Evolution Twitter. I'm not exactly sure what it is, um, but I did uh, retweet it on my main Twitter, uh, and I also I also retweet it on the Extreme Evocast Twitter. Um, for those who are interested in seeing it, because it's really cool. And I can't wait until we get to see the English trailer so we can know what they're saying. Um, a little bit more about that. Uh, I, I like. I really like the some of the Pokemon designs, too, because we saw Pikachu, we saw Mewtwo, Charizard, Meowth. Um, I think that Meowth looks really good. I think the detail in that movie is really good. It, it strays sort of close onto realism, but in my opinion, not enough where it's too off-putting. I think, I think they do a great job at, at, um, making sure that it, it doesn't look too creepy. Like the, like it's not the same kind of art style as the Detective Pikachu movie. Um, but they are definitely taking a turn with the Pokemon at least and the backgrounds and the, the style, the lighting, specifically too into more of a realistic uh turn but also accompanied by the cgi people the cgi pokemon and i think i think it it blends really good together i think it looks really good <laughs> i really do um let me take a drink of water so now on to the biggest topic of this episode, probably the biggest topic for a while uh, with this podcast at least. We probably aren't going to get any nudes like this 
uh, that this big for a while. But uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield Generation 8. I am so excited to talk about this and share my thoughts. Uh, I think everybody is excited to talk about it and, and hear anything we can about it. So I, I think that um, the build-up to Gen 8 uh, was, was really... It, it was a lot... It, it wasn't as intense as other uh, Pokemon games because we never really heard anything of it. We didn't get any leaks. We didn't get any really anything like that it was just kind of um you know it, it was mostly just uh people like oh where's gen 8 where's gen 8 we got meltan and that's but that's pretty much the only thing that we got in terms of you know anything related to gen 8 with i remember with like uh x and y we got like we got some leaks we got some some we got trailers early we got we got lots of things you know hints and everything like that related to the to the new to the new generation that's coming up and with sun and moon as well but with gen 8 it's it's been really mellow and i think that's partially because everybody has been really excited about the possibility for diamond and pearl remakes i mean i am too trust me diamond and pearl is one of my favorite series um but i think that I think that that kind of masked the whole excitement as a whole for what Gen 8 was going to be, and the build-up to that was really interesting. Um, because other than Meltan and Melmetal, around when when Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee were released, and a little bit before that, we, we, like, we never heard anything about Generation 8. We didn't get any kind of teasers, anything like that. I mean, even then... Meltan and Melmetal don't even really show us what Generation 8 is. It's they're like completely unrelated mythical Pokemon. Uh we I mean we think, you know, to the whole series. I mean nothing that we know right now at least that they're related to. So I think that uh like the build up to Gen 8 was almost like not mediocre but less just less interesting than than any any of the other generations or any of the other recent generations because we never really heard anything about it. Um now, before we get into the, the specific details about Generation 8, I do want to talk about just as a whole the fact that we're going, we're officially taking the turn into Switch, like primarily Nintendo Switch Pokemon games. And we, we got Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, and uh, obviously that game is on the Switch, and we, we knew before Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee that we weren't going to have any more uh, 3DS titles, but I think I think that Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was more of a spinoff, and it didn't really give us a taste of what Pokemon was going to be like on the Switch because it had the Pokemon Go mechanics, it had the, you know, it was it was kind of a a, a lesser game because it was a remake. Uh, we you know we only had the first generation of Pokemon, but um, I do think that Nintendo moving or Game Freak moving Pokemon to the Switch is a great idea and I think that it's going to help a lot with just kind of uh like taking Pokemon and sticking it in the ground and saying okay this is what Pokemon is going to be it's going to be on the Switch primarily now it's going to have great visuals it's going to have great controls it's going to have you know support with with other people's Switches with the great Nintendo online service and I think that it's a great 
change from what the 3DS was because like most of the Nintendo of Nintendo's biggest franchises are moving to the Switch like Super Mario Brothers, uh, Legend of Zelda, Smash, everything like that. It's 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 all getting put right into the Switch and it's staying there. Um, not that I think the 3DS is going to die and I don't think the 3DS is not going to I don't think the 3DS is going to suffer because of this, but I do think that it's a great idea to kind of shift the momentum from the 3DS handheld titles to the Switch that you can play handheld and at home. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. um, Speaking of Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, um, I I think it's, it's not surprising that they took away the... Um, the way of encountering Pokemon on Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, I think that it was a, a good idea to do that. I don't think that uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield would thrive as much as they do, as they will, uh, pardon, because um, with if, if they used the, the Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee uh, method of, of catching and encountering Pokemon, not that I didn't like that, but I did see lots of people who straight up uh, refused to play the game because of that mechanic and they didn't like the way that it worked. Everyone kind of thought that it was going to be a bad mechanic in the start, but then a lot of people warmed up to it, including me. And I do think it's a really nice way of, of, of kind of shrinking down Pokemon into a spinoff like they did with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. I mean, if they didn't do the whole... Uh, you know, remake of Pokemon Yellow, no items, no uh, no natures, nothing like that, um, or no held items, sorry, um, that if they just made Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee a full-fledged Pokemon game, I don't think it would have done as well as it did by kind of, you know, making it more simple and using the Pokemon Go uh, mechanics. And I think that the Pokemon Go mechanics really complement the way that the Pokemon Yellow simplified, you know, no natures, no held items, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it really, it really helped to put it into a spin-off instead of teetering on the edge between spin-off and main series game. Um, and I think that it was a great idea to change uh, Sword and Shield to, you know, the basic Pokemon formula instead of going back to the Pokemon Go. Uh, integration and the way that Pokemon Go catches Pokemon, uh, because I think it would be not as strong as it as as Pokemon has been. Um, uh, so we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna talk about the actual game now, and the actual content of the game. First off, we're gonna start with the starters. Um, specifically, talking about which one's my favorite. A <laughs> little bit of personal. Uh, you know, a little bit of personal stuff here, but I do like Squirt Bunny the best. Uh, obviously, we had Squirt Bunny, Sobble, and Grookey, uh, the new fire, water, and grass type starters. Um, I do like Squirt Bunny the best, but I do like them all pretty equally. Um, like, I, I don't think that they're bad starters. Usually, when starters come out, there's always kind of one that I don't like as much as the other ones. Like, uh, for example, I never really liked uh, Rowlet as much as Poplio and Litten. It's not that I don't like Rowlet. I just it, it was kind of a uh, a le- you know I I didn't like Rowlet as much, but I I really do feel like I like all of the starters pr- 
pretty equally, and it was hard to choose a favorite. <laughs> but Score Bunny just uh, really stood out to me. I love its design. I think it's, I think its design is really good, and I'm really like every Pokemon fan. I'm really, really excited to see what kind of um, evolutions we get out of them. What you know, what abilities they have, what types they're gonna be, all that kind of stuff. Um, <clears throat> I, I I like Sobble. Like I said, I like Sobble more than Grookey. Um, just just because I'm not really a huge fan of monkeys and like monkey based Pokemon haven't really always been my favorite. But uh, Sobble's design is really cute. I think Sobble is a really well designed Pokemon. They're all really well designed. I can't say that they're any well designed better. You know, they're they're any of them are better well designed than the rest of them. But I think they're all really strongly designed. I really like them a lot. Um, uh, Grookey is cute. I do like Grookey. Grookey's kind of weird because, um, it's, uh, it's, it's like teetering on the edge between being a bipedal Pokemon and a quadruped Pokemon. And I think that's weird. Like in, in some cases we see it walking on four legs, but at the same time it's a monkey's and I don't think they're going to make a monkey Pokemon not bipedal. Um, we'll talk about that more a little bit later because I do have something to say about uh, their designs in general. Um, but overall, I do... I, I really like their designs. I really like their names. I think Sobble, Grookey, and Squirbunny are really uh, creative. And I'm and I, I, um, I'm just really excited about these starters. I love them so much. I can't wait. Um... So now that I've gotten all the positives out of the way for, uh, you know, the the starters, uh, let's talk a little bit about the negatives. I don't have too much negative about to say the starters, um, per se, but something I do want to say, the first time they were revealed in the trailer, which, by the way, was adorable, and I think a great way of introducing the Pokemon, just releasing a little bit, a little trailer, uh, to show off the Pokemon, um, the... Like the the I, the first thing I noticed before I really got a glimpse at them carefully is that their designs are very similar, not in a way where their designs are similar based on like their their general design, but like their body shape I think is really similar to each other. They all have a big head and a small body, and like that's obviously to make them cuter. But I mean, if you look at the other starter the the other starter trios there's always kind of one that doesn't follow the formula of like a big head little body like for example rowlet um like rowlet is just a circle <laughs> rowlet's just like a ball-shaped owl um like in gen one there was squirtle and charmander who arguably have pretty similar basic body you know body types and then bulbasaur was like the the fat little uh, quadrupedal Pokemon, um, and, like, Gen 2 with Chikorita was always the odd one out, uh, like, Turtwig was the odd one out with Gen 4, Mudkip was the odd one out with Gen 3, um, and, and I think that that follows into the formula of making two of them bipedal and one of them quadruped, um, like, two of them having, uh, standing up on two legs and then one of them walking on four legs, um, and, and I, I, I thought it was interesting that, the Pokemon, the new starters in, in Galar don't follow that fo the same formula as every other starter trio. We always have at least one that 
walks on four legs or is, a, you know, a quadruped Pokemon that doesn't walk on two legs. And we don't really have that with, with the new three. And I think that kind of was the reason why I saw them as kind of uh, basic at first in terms of like their general design and their general body type, because we have, you know, square bunny, a bipedal, big head, little body, Sobble, big head, little body, bipedal. I mean, it's a chameleon. It's not really necessarily bipedal, but it's not necessarily quadruped either because it's, you know, it, it in its official art, it's sitting down on, on two legs and its other ha- and its two hands are, uh, you know, off the ground. And then Grookey is the same because, I mean, it's a monkey, but in its official art, it's sitting down. We see it kind of like running around on four legs, but it's at the same time, a monkey isn't a quadruped, you know, creature. It's a, it's a bipedal creature. And even though things can walk on four legs, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a quadruped Pokemon. Uh, you know, like, if it makes sense what I'm trying to say, like, look at, Look at Grookey compared to Bulbasaur or Chikorita. Chikorita and Bulbasaur are never gonna stand on two legs ever because, well, I mean they can, but you know what I mean. In their basic design, they're 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 always gonna be walking on four legs. But with the new starters, with the exception of Scorbunny, of course, the the two uh, Sobble and Grookey are kind of in between. And I think it's weird how there's not a specific formula that they're following like they do with the other starters. Um, another good example is, um, like, like there was Chespin in Gen 6, who was a bipedal Pokemon, and then there was um, Froakie, who, uh, you know, frogs aren't necessarily bipedal, but it's not, I wouldn't call a frog walking on four legs because it has legs and it like it has hands and it has feet it has like legs and arms but if you look at fennekin fennekin is just a fox it walks on four legs it's it's not in it's not in between like froki um and but i feel like with the galar starters they're kind of they're all kind of in this weird in between where they're not following the same formula as the other starters um, th- I mean, this is no, this has no negative effect on how I feel about the starters. I just thought it was interesting because that's the first thing I noticed when I saw them. I th- when I first saw them, I'm like, huh, these are kind of basic designs. <laughs> they're a little bit, you know, the, the, not with their designs themselves, but with like the quick five second glimpses that we have uh, had of them. I noticed a very, uh, big difference between like with, you know the gen uh, the gen seven starters, um, where Poplio has no legs, and Rowlet was a little round orb bird, and then Litten was a, a cat. Uh, it it just seemed like the the Galar starters all kind of had the same look to them, if that makes sense. Um, but like I said, it it doesn't affect my view on them negatively. I just thought it was interesting, and I thought that I would point that out because um, I thought that. Uh, you guys would find that interesting, but don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore uh, these starter Pokemon. I think that they're perfect. I, I think that they're really good. Um, I, I'm really excited to see their evolutions, and specifically, which is going to be a segue into my next uh, point about the new the, the starters, is um, 
their types. Uh, I, I really, I really, really, really like how um, they've been giving the final evolutions of starters two types um, that really affect each other. Um, it was really prominent in Gen's, uh, Gen 6 and less so in Gen uh, 7. Like, for example, look at Gen 3. Uh, the final evolutions are, um, I believe that Sceptile is just grass, Blaziken's firefighting, and then, uh, you know, Mudkip, or Swampert is water ground. Those, you know, outside of the normal water, grass, fire type triangle, those other types don't, uh, the secondary types don't affect each other, really, at all. You know, ground isn't good against fighting, fighting isn't good against ground, or anything like that. It doesn't, they don't, they don't have any other secondary effects, and they basically just follow the basic, um triangle just a little bit more so amplified by the fact that like you know Swampert takes four times uh from uh from from Sepal's grass and Swampert can has two types that can deal with Blaziken um but if we look at Kalos uh Kalos had a really interesting starter type trio because their their type trios um, complemented each other with uh, Fennekin, or sorry, Delphox, you know, was Fire Psychic, Chestnut was Grass Fighting, and Greninja was uh, Water Dark. And outside of the normal uh, Water Fire Grass trio, they also had a secondary type that followed the same triangle as their normal type trio. So Greninja is good against uh, Delphox because of the water and fire typing, but the, but Greninja is also good against Delphox because of the dark and psychic typing, and that goes to the same with the rest of the trio. Um, it, it's it's more so um, a amplification to the already existing type trio, and I think it was really interesting. I really enjoyed the type uh, things with, you know, the, the type um, interactions with those three. Um, and I was a little bit upset when they didn't continue that in Gen 7, because we got um, Grass Ghost, uh, Fire Dark, and Water Fairy. Now, um, Primarina is good against Incineroar with both types. Water is good against Fire, and Fairy is good against Dark. But I was a little bit upset that we never had any kind of relation between like Primarina and, say, um, or, uh, you know... Um, Primarina and say uh, Decidueye because it the the Gen Seven Alola trio kind of follows like a broken circle because um, like it, it, with the relationship between Ghost and Dark with Incineroar and Decidueye and then the relationship between Fairy and Dark with Primarina and Incineroar but there's no you know, there's no uh, interaction between Ghost and Fairy with the Sigiline Primarina, so it was almost it, was, it almost kind of felt like it was uh, intended to be that way, but they couldn't really do it all that well. Um, and I, I do plan on talking more about this in a future episode where I talk about typings and type triangles and stuff. But I'm I'm excited to see the possibility of a a type triangle that perhaps goes against each other. Um, say, for example, using Kalos again, 
Gen 6. Say they swapped around the secondary typings and they made... Uh, let me think about this for a second because it's a little bit confusing. Um, instead of the types being uh, complemented by their secondary typings against the other Pokemon, say, what if Delphox was the dark one and Greninja was the psychic one? Um, you know, obviously Greninja, Greninja would be good against Delphox's fire, but Greninja would be, uh, Greninja would be good, or would, would not be affected by, or, or, sorry, this is confusing. Um, Greninja would have no effect against Delphox's psychic, or dark, which would be interesting. And, like, with Delphox and, uh, Chestnut, if, say, uh, Delphox had the fighting type, and Chestnut had the psychic type, it would be Chestnut's grass would be weak against um, Delphox's fire, or Delphox's fire would be good against Chestnut. And, but, Chestnut's psychic would be good against Delphox, so it would be kind of like a reverse, if that makes sense. Um, and I think that would be really interesting in terms of the relationship between the starters, because if if they have that type triangle that is the normal grass, water, fire, but they also had a type triangle that uh, counteracted those types, and they had another triangle that was the reverse of the water, fire, grass one, I think that it would be really interesting in terms of the story with, like, say, the rival fight. It would be interesting in, like, competitive Pokemon battling. Um, it would be interesting in casual players, too, because you know, people getting, uh, little kids getting, say, Pokemon Sun and Moon and then, like, fighting their teams against each other after they beat the game or something like that, and everyone uses their starter on their team, so, you know, it would be really interesting, and I think that it would be a fresh, new idea with, uh, the typings, because we've never seen that before. We've always had, I mean, with Johto, we had no secondary typings. We had, um, in Sinnoh, we had some interesting typings with, like, Empoleon, um, Empoleon Steel, uh, being weak to Ter Torterra's ground, but it was the same, kind of the same as Alola, where Torterra's, uh, Torterra was already good against Empoleon in the first place, and then Infernape's fighting, um, fighting was, was good against Empoleon Steel, which was interesting, and I think that that had, I think the Sinnoh starters had a really interesting dynamic with them. Uh, as well, because, uh, you know, the, the fire type was, had a secondary type that was good against the water type secondary type, and, um, it, it, it and, but akin to Alola, it was kind of unfinished, because, obviously, uh, Infernip's fighting isn't good against, uh, Torterra's ground, and it wasn't, you know, it was kind of mix-matched all over the place, but they were, they kind of had a good idea, and I always thought it was interesting how Infernape had that second type that was good against Empoleon's second type, and they counteracted each other. Um, and I think, where I'm going with all this is that I think that it would be really interesting for Game Freak to implement the final evolutions of the, uh, Gen 8 Pokemon starters with this anti- type triangle that counteracted the basic water, fire, grass starter, uh, trio. Uh, like, like I said, I think it would be really interesting in casual play and competitive play. Um, less so in competitive because, I mean, how often do you see a starter against a starter? Some of the starters aren't, aren't necessarily amazing. Some of them, you never see really go against each other. Sometimes you do, but 
Uh, it's not like the biggest point of competitive Pokemon, but I think in a, in a casual sense and just as a gameplay sense, when say you fight against your rival, it would be really interesting. And I think that it would be a, a really cool dynamic. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more um, about uh, Gen 8. I have lots of stuff <laughs> to talk about with Gen 8. Uh, but first, we're going to uh, hop into our first segment, or the only segment of this episode. I didn't want to include two segments in the episode because I didn't want to take away time talking about uh, Generation 8. But we do have our random Pokemon of the week, uh, where I randomly generate a Pokemon, uh, and we talk about it. We talk about everything about it. We talk about um, its stats. We talk about its competitiveness. <laughs> we talk about uh, some info about the Pokemon, and it's a new Pokemon every week. Um, and if if you like this segment, and if you have any ideas of of any other segments that I could do, I would greatly appreciate some feedback, any ideas, uh, because I am struggling to talk about um, or to think of any kind of other segments that I could do. I have a few in mind, but I haven't. They haven't really gotten past the thought stage. Um, one of my friends, uh, Fluffy mentioned <laughs> talking about my generation 8 predictions and I was actually going to do that but I think the fact that generation 8 is already teased and I, we we know it's coming I don't really think that would be great for a segment now it was a good idea before but I don't think it's a great idea now um because we already have so much to talk about generation 8 um but we are going to hop into the um the random pokemon of the week for this week and it is actually Leafeon. I'm really excited to talk about Leafeon. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for this segment because it's, I mean it's it's one of the namesakes of this podcast because <laughs> Leafeon is um, one of Eevee's evolution. Uh, you know it's an evolution, and this whole podcast is themed around Eevee's Z move, which calls in all the evolutions and all that jazz. Um, so I'm going to try and take a little bit more of a, um, like a formal, kind of a formal path on this. I'm going to go through the basic information, kind of like a Pokedex. It's almost like a, like I'm, like I'm a, a Pokedex talking to you about the Pokemon. So it's, Leafeon is number 470. Um, it is uh, generation four in the Sinnoh decks. Um, it is a grass type Pokemon. It's a grass type, evolves from Eevee. Um, when leveled up near the Moss Stone. Um, it is the Verdant Pokemon, uh, and I had to look up what Verdant means because I don't know what it means, uh, but Verdant means green with grass and other vegetation, which is just perfect for Leafeon, because um, Leafeon's such a forest spirit green, you know, grass Pokemon. <laughs> I love it. Um, its two abilities are Leaf Guard and Chlorophyll as its hidden ability. Um, I'll go into um, what those abilities do. Um, Leaf Guard is uh, during harsh sunlight. Leaf Guard prevents the Pokemon from being attacked by non-volatile status conditions and yawn, including via the Flame Orb and Toxic Orb. It has no effect on any current status condition prior to the weather being set up. So essentially... Um, it can't be affected by status moves, um, when it, when it's in harsh sunlight, which is after using sunny day or after, uh, drought has been cast. Um, 
And this also does not, um, it actually does prevent the use of rest, which can be, you know, detriment, detriment towards you. And uh, chlorophyll, Leafeon's hidden ability, uh, is the ability that increases your speed when in sunlight, um, whether it be harsh sunlight or just uh, normal sunlight. Um, chlorophyll is, I believe, in my opinion, the better one. I don't think Leaf Guard is all that good. Chlorophyll, um, increasing speed on a Pokemon like Leafeon is really good. Um, but we do, um, I do want to talk a little bit about um, Leafeon, more so just in a general term with the evolutions. I have a lot to talk about the evolutions, and I'll kind of spread it out over you know, the, the course of the, of the podcast, whenever an evolution comes up as a random Pokemon of the week. But, um, I, I always thought it was really interesting. Uh, Leafeon, kind of the, the outlier of, of all the evolutions, uh, almost, like, I, I think it's, it's probably the most forgettable evolution, maybe next to Glaceon. Uh, I think Glaceon is, could also be the contender for the most forgettable evolution because, uh, you know, uh, the first three are, everyone loves them. A lot of people really like Umbreon and Espeon, and then Sylveon is one of the fan favorites. But I think Leafeon and Glaceon don't get a lot of love, and I don't, I think they don't deserve that. I think they deserve lots of love. Um, Leafeon's design, I think, is really good. I think Leafeon has a great design uh, for being an evolution. And Leafeon has always kind of been, um, you know, I'm not really one to talk about how it's the forgettable one because I always kind of didn't really pay much attention to it until I got really into the evolutions. Um, I never, I never really was a huge fan of it. Uh, it, it needs more love. I really think it needs more love. Leafeon needs more love. I love Leafeon so much. Um, and I, and I think also, um, one of the reasons for that is because of how finicky it's, evolution design is because in uh, it evolves with the mo- near the moss rock and in gen 4 in Sinnoh it was pretty easy to get to the moss rock it was in uh, Eterna Eterna Forest which was like one of like the really early towns the second gym and so you know you came up to it pretty easily if you explored that that forest um, but in other games like um, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. There wasn't even a Moss Rock in that game. In the game that you know it came after Diamond and Pearl, you couldn't even evolve your your Eevee into Leafeon or Glaceon in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Um, and uh, kind of like that in Black and White too, you couldn't even evolve your Leafeon your Eevee into Leafeon or Glaceon until after the Elite Four. So you couldn't even really use one on your team unless you traded it in or hacked it in or whatever, because um, unless unless you wanted to use it in the post game. But like if you wanted to use a Leafeon or Glaceon on your team in Black and White Two or in Heart Cold Soul Silver, you were kind of screwed because you just couldn't because there's no way of evolving uh, Eevee into into Leafeon or Glaceon. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's kind of one of the reason. It's not the primary primary reason. Uh, because like to its forgettableness but i do think that it's a, a pretty big reason because there's no not really any good way of accessing the pokemon um in in certain games it's made uh kind of easier in 
um, X and Y and Sun and Moon, they kind of made the, the, the Moss Rock and the Ice Rock kind of more accessible, uh, other than Alola, where the Ice Rock was in, like, the, this cave right before the Elite Four, where, again, if you wanted to use a Glaceon on your team, you had to wait until right before the Elite Four, and I always thought that was kind of dumb. Uh, I think they, they should just, they, they really should have just made it into, uh, using a Leaf Stone, and also the new Ice Stone that was <laughs> introduced in Gen 7 uh, for Glaceon. I think it would make things a lot easier, and I think maybe it would make uh, the Pokemon more easily accessible, and people would use it more, and then people would like it more, you know? Um, but uh, I do I do like I do like Leafeon. Um, before we wrap up the, um, the segment, the Random Pokemon of the Week, um, I do want to... Uh, kind of introduce a new part of it where I go over their shiny, uh, their shiny coloration. Uh, I didn't do it last episode, but I want to give like an overall ranking <laughs> for every Pokemon in their shiny form. And I hate to say it, but Leafeon has a pretty bad shiny. It's, uh, not very good. <laughs> it changes ever so slightly. It gets like a little bit more brown. Um, it, or, no, it doesn't get more brown. It gets, yeah, it, its skin color gets a little bit more brown, a little darker, and its color is, like, the green is a little bit more of a vibrant green instead of, like, a paler green like it is in its in its uh, original design. Um, but I think that Leafeon has one of the worst Chinese ever. Um, I think a way that they could have done it a lot better is make it, uh, I, I really liked, to, I always really liked the design for shiny Leafeon where they made them, uh, where they made Leafeon have like a brown, uh, leaves, kind of like an autumn coloration. I think that would be really cute. And I think that would fastly improve the shiny. Um, and I think real quick, I think that's also another reason why Leafeon and Glaceon are, uh, forgettable because they have very, very, very slight shiny colorations. Uh, they don't change really at all. Uh, and, you know, people like shiny Pokemon, and Pokemon with good shinies, with cool shinies, you know, get more love, and I think, but I think that Leafeon and Glaceon have really bad shinies, and I think that's why they don't get a lot of love. Um, so I rank Leafeon's shiny as a 2 out of 10. (laughs) It's, it's not great, but it's at least a little bit noticeable. It's, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. That's why it's not a 1, because it's a little bit noticeable, and I do like the fact that it gets a little bit darker, I think that's I think that's a nice touch. But they could have done so much better with its shiny form. Um, and because I forgot to do it last episode, um, I'm not going to go too much into Oshawott's shiny. But I do give Oshawott's shiny a five out of ten. I think that Oshawott has a pretty good shiny. I like the I like the lighter colors and I like the more like pastel kind of look that it has. Um, so I give that a five out of ten. <laughs> So, transitioning back into um, into Gen 8, I do just want to take a moment to say, if you like the podcast, please make sure to drop a review on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Um, back when I was recording episode 1, I didn't have it on iTunes or Spotify yet, so I didn't know what the deal with that was going to, you know, what the deal with that was. But if you do, if you are enjoying the podcast, please, please 
give me a review on iTunes. It helps so much more than you think. It gives me an idea of what I can change. It helps me get up there with the you know the algorithms, uh, in 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 iTunes. Um, and also, if if you if you decide to watch it on YouTube, drop a like, drop a, a comment. Tell you, tell me how much you love it. Tell me how much uh, you don't love it. Tell me any suggestions that you want to give. Because um, I really want to just make this as enjoyable as possible uh, for you guys, for my listeners. Um, and uh, I guess I, I'll take a, a short moment to drop my social media. Uh, I am on Twitter mostly at uh, Lilicion. That's L I L L I E C E O N. Um, I'm I'm active on there mostly. Uh, I do go on Tumblr, which is just Lilicion, same URL as my Twitter. Um, I'm not active much on Tumblr these days. I post my art on there, but that's about it. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much the, my most active social media. I don't really use Instagram all that much, but if you want to contact me, if you want to talk to me, um, I do also have a Discord server and also a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Lilicion. If you like this podcast, if you like my art, consider supporting me on Patreon. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, okay. So back to Generation 8. We're going to talk about the other things uh, in Gen 8 uh, other than just the starters. Um, first off, I want to say it's been about a week since uh, the trailers dropped for Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield and the memes. I don't usually talk about memes much uh, on things like this, but the memes have been great. <laughs> I think they're really funny. Uh, one that I specifically wanted to say was, um, this is coming from um, at uh, C-I-N underscore C-E-G-A, Sin underscore Siga. I apologize if I'm but- uh, butchering that uh, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> they Their newspaper, their local newspaper, um, actually published a, like a you know a headline about Pokemon Sword and Shield and they included Pokemon Gun which was a joke that somebody made where they you know they edited the title to make it look like Sword Shield and Gun and the the newspaper thought that that's what the real game was going to be Pokemon Gun <laughs> and I think that's I think that's absolutely hilarious <laughs> um so I want to talk about just the look of the game and the region and what we know so far <laughs> with how beautiful the game is going to be. Um, obviously, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee was a beautiful game. I think the game was really was beautiful compared to Sun and Moon, um, which is partly in fault of the 3DS's hardware limitations. Um, this game looks beautiful. It's the the scenery is gorgeous. The the three D models look seamless. They look amazing. Um, like the the game just looks beautiful. And obviously, uh, taking after the uh, and taking inspiration from uh, the UK, uh, Europe mostly, with um, Ireland, Scotland, uh, England, uh, stuff like that. Specifically, there I noticed on the the map that they released there was a a big building that looked like um the i forget what the actual building is called but the building that holds the big ben the big clock um i think it's called like elizabethan tower or something like that i probably got that completely wrong i'm sorry if i did you know what i'm talking about big ben uh there was a big uh landmark on the map that looked a lot like that and i think 
I mean, you know, there's no argument that the place is based on Europe and, and the sites of that, but I think that really ties it together, that we're getting a uh, a Europe, maybe specifically UK and Scotland and that area specific region, you know, and I think that's great. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a great turn because, um, I, I did really like Alola and it's, it's tropical Hawaii theme. Um, but I did get a little bit tired of it after a little bit. And I think that this new fresh region, um, specifically for me, because I don't live in England. I don't live in, in Europe. I'm in the United States. I've never been there. I want to go there, but I don't know, you know, what it, what it's like there. And I think that this is going to be basically a new experience for me with, and for lots of other people, uh, with the, the scenery, the style, the, the clothing, even, uh, the characters, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I just think that with what we've seen so far, the game is gorgeous. The switch does an amazing job at making the game just look beautiful. <laughs> uh, and I, and I mean that even with just the tiny snippets of, of video that we've seen, um, from the, the short trailer that we got, like the seven minute trailer that we got. Um, it, it looks gorgeous. <laughs> um, and I, I'm just so excited for the atmosphere and for the, you know, the, the feeling and the story and everything like that. I'm so, so, so excited specifically just for the aesthetic of the region. <laughs> the story could be terrible. We don't know. I don't expect it to be, I don't want it to be terrible, but I think that even just with the scenery itself and the look of the game, it's going to be amazing. Um, I, I do briefly also want to talk about uh, Meltan. I, I mentioned Meltan before and how Meltan didn't really play into um, the hype up for Gen 8. Uh, and we didn't really get any idea of what Generation 8 was going to be because of Meltan and Melmetal. But I am really curious, uh, thinking about how Meltan and Melmetal are going to uh, play into Generation 8. Um, unfortunately, Meltan and Melmetal could just be mythical Pokemon that have no impact on the story, like Zero Aura, like Hoopa, you know, like all the, the mythical Pokemon. Uh, that's a topic that I'm planning on uh, ranting about for a long time in a future episode with the the, myth, the problem with, the, with, with Game Freak's mythical Pokemon. Um... Uh, and I, I, I really, really hope that we don't get the, that Mel, Melton and Melmetal aren't just that. They're not just a mythical Pokemon that have no say in the story because I like their design and Melton and Melmetal were seriously hyped up, uh, more than any other mythical Pokemon because of, of Pokemon Go, their integration in Pokemon Go and because of their integration into Let's Go Pokemon and Eevee. Uh, and I think that, and I'm hoping that that, that hype and that integration will be transferred over, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I, I really, I really am hoping that Meltan and Melmetal play a big part in the story and even just in, in the post game, anything, just include, include my babies in there, please <laughs> give them, give them something in the game. Um, but knowing Game Freak and their past endeavors with mythical Pokemon, I'm not really, I don't really have my hopes too high. It's unfortunate, I know, but it's been going on for so long. It's it's the norm now. Um, so speaking of my hopes for the game, um, 
my hopes for the game, uh, this is this is sort of what I had planned for uh, that segment that I talked about briefly with my my expectations for Generation Eight. Kind of more so now based on what we have with the trailer, with the game that it's that, that we know of. Um, I I really hope for great legendaries. Um, I really really liked Sol uh, Golio and Lunala and their um and and their designs based on the you know the 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 sun and moon aspect of of um of Alola and the the story too they played a big part in the story they had a really big part in the story and I and I'm really really hoping that um the legendaries are based on the sword and the shield motif that they have going. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see what they do for their designs, for their integration into the story, what types they are, uh, you know, anything special with them, like a, like a, a third, uh, kind of a third legendary. I know Necrozma wasn't that because Necrozma was, was an ultra beast, but Necrozma was kind of like the third, uh, with like the, the Alola, Legendaries, kind of like Groudon, Kyogre, and uh, Rayquaza, because Necrozma could, you know, fuse with them, uh, and that kind of stuff. Like, like um, Zekrom, Reshiram, and Kiram, I guess would be a better example. Uh, and I'm hoping they do that again because I, I really like the, the the trio of legendaries like they do. Um, I'm also really excited to see any other um, any other legendaries or just Pokemon themselves based on. The, the region and based on the culture because um, we got a huge amount of uh, cultural references, cultural inspiration from the, you know, the Hawaii, um, you know, the, the island uh, aesthetic, that kind of thing. Everything like that was put into Alola, including its Pokemon and its legendaries, uh, specifically the Tapus. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with the culture and what they, how they represent that in the Pokemon and specifically the legendaries, uh, because um, Pokemon uh, Game Freak has been focusing a lot more now um, on um, keeping keeping their ideas, um, you know, uh, safe and based on what they're what they're basing the whole game on, and they're they're expanding into cultural representation uh they're making pokemon like i said based on that culture and you know legends myths uh anything like that i think i'm i'm so excited about what they um what they do with that um speaking of um designs and what i'm hoping for uh sword and shield i really hope that we get a really cool uh evil team uh team skull was one of my favorites. I can't say that they were my favorite. Um, I did have a few gripes with Team Skull, but I'm not going to go into that right now. Uh, but I really hope that we get a cool, a cool, cool evil team. Uh, I love the evil teams, and I think they have a great, um, they they put a great feeling into the game, uh, specifically with like Alola. Um, team Skull had a pretty big, um, specifically Guzma had a, a really big role in the story of. Uh, you know, uh, the the story of Sun and Moon, and I hope that they, they keep that in mind and they do the same sort of thing uh, with, with Sword and Shield. 
Um, speaking of story, actually, I also very much hope that we get a great story, uh, a better one than X and Y. Uh, X and Y's story is infamous for being not very good. Um, the evil team was pretty much the whole basis of that story, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't very good. <laughs> I'll just say that outright. In my opinion, it wasn't very good. You might think it's good, and that's that's valid. Um, it, it has its it had its good part good parts and had its bad parts, but in my opinion, it was not a, X and Y did not have a good story. Um, but that's a topic for another video or episode. Um, but I, I I really I think I think uh, Sun and Moon had an amazing story. It was one of the best parts about the game, uh, the story in in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, and like I, I I'm I am just so ready to see what they do with the story. I want new characters, new, uh, you know, new, new special landmarks related to the story, new legendaries that play into the story, um, everything like that. I'm so, so, so excited, um, to see what they do. And just in kind of conclusion, kind of not wrapping up, but kind of just collecting everything that I've been talking about together, um, I do want to take the last uh, 10, 15 minutes or so to discuss just uh, everything in, in, in general with the game. Um, I think that uh, the, ti the time of year that they released it in is around the same time of year as they always do. They always release it in, in early, um, early, early months, and then the game comes out later that year, which is, I think it's been a, a tradition that they do around, um, they started around, um, X and Y, because, uh, I know that they've been focusing mainly on making the games come out for Christmas time, uh, mostly for, for sales and revenue, but, um, that's kind of been the tradition that they've been doing. Um, I haven't really been following the Pokemon, uh, I wasn't really old enough to, like, see these patterns. I'm not sure if they did that in, in earlier games, earlier generations, but um, I started noticing it around X and Y with Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, and then Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, I'm so happy that the game's coming out this year. <laughs> this year. 2019. We're getting a new Switch Pokemon game. That is just surreal for me to say. Um, <laughs> I... I I'm I'm just I'm blown away at how excited I am for this game and how uh the how positive it's been. I mean, I haven't seen anybody talking about negatives about this game. I mean, I I can't really say any negatives about uh what we know so far. Um like it's 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 been perfect, I think so far at least. Um with uh like I said before, with the integration to the Switch, I think that it's really going to change the way that we play Pokemon and the way that Sword and Shield is pioneering into a new, gen a new, no pun intended, generation of Pokemon that let's go po uh, Pikachu and Eevee kind of uh, pseudo-pioneered into, you know, the they, they kind of uh, made the path for, for Sword and Shield to... Um, to get onto the switch. I think, I think let's go Pikachu and Eevee was kind of a uh, game freak, uh, dipping their toes in the water to see if a switch Pokemon title would work. And it, it being, uh, more of a spinoff. Um, it, 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 uh, it, they didn't have to really put everything into the game. They didn't have to, 
Um, they didn't have to promise a lot because it was it's a spin-off, it's a, it's a remake, it's a it's a, a simplification of what Pokemon is. Not saying that it's it's not a Pokemon game, but it's it's certainly not as much of a Pokemon game as the main series games. Um, so far, I believe there's been uh, two Pokemon games on the Switch. Uh, there's been uh, no three actually. Sorry, uh, there's been uh, Quest Pokemon Quest. Uh, Pokemon Tournament, and Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, counting as one game. Obviously, I'm not going to count uh, the separate two games. Um, but I, I think that having a main series game on the Switch is just perfect. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be great. I really do think. I'm, I'm trying to look at this with the most positive attitude as I possibly can with... Uh, going into it because I think that's all we really can do um I've seen a lot of people talking about um I I have seen a few negatives about the game people who who haven't been following the Pokemon series all that much and they're kind of uh you know they were they were more fans when gen 1 gen 2 was a thing and they're more getting into Pokemon now um kind of the same uh gripes as they had with like let's go let's go Pikachu and Eevee um, kind of just transitioned to a new main series Pokemon game, but uh, I really think that there's not much that we can say negatively about this game so far. Uh, and I, like I said, I'm very, very positive about what's to come with, um, with with the game. <laughs> uh, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, I can't. I, I that's all I have in terms of my notes. What I wanted to talk about. Uh, I will give, like, a brief conclusion about just everything in general, um, but I'm, I'm sorry I promised a lengthy episode. Uh, it looks like it's not going to go as long as I thought it was going to. That's fine. Uh, I'd rather it be on the shorter end anyway, because, um, it, you know, it, people are going to be more interested in listening to things that are more on the short side. Uh, we can finish talking about uh, Gen 8, and then I do want to talk about the podcast a little bit, just a few disclaimers about it. Um, so, I am excited for Gen 8, <laughs> if that's not obvious already. Uh, I think that the designs are flawless, I think that the, the game itself looks beautiful so far, I think it's going to be just a solid, 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 solid game. Uh, and that's not just me being biased because I love Pokemon. I think even just as an outsider, even hearing outsiders' opinions, people who don't play Pokemon, who haven't been following Pokemon as much as as, as other people, they've also said that the game is beautiful and the game looks great. Um, and uh, another thing that I think is also um, going to really help uh, to pioneer the game to be a great game is the fact that they are keeping earlier generation Pokemon uh, in in the game. I mean, obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't have a game where only that generation of Pokemon would be featured, but uh, it reminds me of how Sun and Moon kind of had a lot of Pokemon lacking. It was mostly just the new Alola Pokemon with a few other Pokemon, you know, the the general common Pokemon that you find in every Pokemon game thrown in. Uh but and then Ultra Sun and Moon came around, and actually one of my biggest 
biggest my one of one of the happiest moments or like one of my favorite things about Ultra Sun and Moon, why I liked it so much, was the integration of many, many, many other generation Pokemon um that uh you know you could catch and you could use on your team. I remember uh using mostly Alola Pokemon on my team in Sun and Moon and then but when Ultra Sun and Moon came out, I was already kinda used to the Alolan Pokemon, uh Alola Pokemon, sorry. Uh but and then and then I used other Pokemon on my team and it felt like a, a, a fresh start. It felt like the you know, it, it felt like a, a it felt like a new game. It felt like it really did and, and even though it had the same story, uh even just the fact that I had really good free reign over customizing my team how I wanted it using Pokemon that I liked even if they were from older generations it it you know it helped um I did actually just remember something that I wanted to talk about before we end this um speaking of Alolan Pokemon uh Galarian Pokemon people are saying that uh Galarian Pokemon might be a thing there's been some leaks um recently that I've been noticing popping up on YouTube and on Twitter about people talking about armored evolution, which might be akin to mega evolution and, uh, or Z moves or anything like that, you know, something akin to that. Um, I, I, I hope that they bring back mega evolution and they bring back Z moves. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they, I, I would be surprised if they like didn't have Z moves in this game. I think that Z moves are a staple of the Pokemon franchise now, whether you like them or not. I think that they were Alola's mega evolution. Um, and I really hope that we get more mega evolutions. I, I think that mega evolutions are really interesting, and I think that they really bring a lot to the game, as well as new Z moves, maybe new signature Z moves. Um, I'm less excited about that than I am the mega evolution, but I think new mega evolutions would be fun. They would be a f- they would be fresh. They would be great. Who knows? We need some more Mega Evolutions that are Gen 1. Uh, we need more Gen 5 Mega Evolutions, please. We only have Mega Hadino in Gen 5. It's pretty sad. Um, but Mega, maybe more Mega Evolutions, perhaps more Z-moves, which would be a good plus. Um, obviously, uh, the leaks about the Armored Evolution might be coming, which is probably going to be the new thing that they introduce akin to Mega Evolution and Z-Moves, which I don't really have a comment on. I think that it would be cool if if there was a new thing like Mega Evolution, but I think at this point it might be starting to get a little bit too confusing, um, maybe for, for newer players with all these new things going along, like Mega Evolution and Z-Moves uh, and all that jazz. Um, but uh, Galarian Forms, uh, people were thinking including me, that uh, Galarian forms would be cool. Uh, I really, I really, really like Alolan forms. I think that they were a really cool touch. Um, I, I don't know the high prob- how high the probability is that we'd be getting Galarian forms. I think it's something that we can mention uh, and be excited for if it happens, but I don't know how, how high we should raise our hopes for them because... You know, the whole staple with Alolan forms is that Hawaii is so um, far away. It's it's a secluded uh, group of islands, and uh, it's a it's a Pokemon's way of interpreting the real life example of of uh, species going to the Hawaiian islands and you know adapting over over millions of years um, to create like new species that are very similar to the ones that you know they share with their 
you know they share with their ancestors but they they're they're more adaptive to the hawaiian and and island based life uh and that's and alolan forms are mirroring that um do i think that galarian forms are going to be a thing i don't think so because if this region is based on europe europe isn't necessarily a secluded place i mean it's one of the biggest you know one of the most populated places on earth uh it's one of you know, it's 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 one of the most famous places on Earth, arguably. You know, the UK, uh, you know, one of the one of the biggest powers in in the world, uh, and I don't think that they could really justify making Galarian forms. I don't really think it would make sense in terms of a like you know a, um, a the way that things work in nature. I don't think that they could justify that with a a, a reasoning that would make sense. Uh, because even though Pokemon is a fictional game and it has it does take its own liberties, it, it has been pretty close to not straying too far away uh, into fantasy and kind of more of a, a take on what we have in real life with nature and all that stuff, you know, with the Pokemon types, the Pokemon species, uh, where they're found, all that type of stuff. It never really dwells too much into fantasy uh, more than just, you know, big animals fighting <laughs> uh so i don't and i think that they want to keep that a thing so i don't think galarian forms are going to be a thing personally i don't believe that they're going to add them but it would be cool if they did i think that alolan forms worked really well i think they were really interesting uh they brought a lot of really cool designs to the table uh but do i think galarian forms are going to be a thing i don't think so am i excited for them if they are Yes, I am. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Um, so, I think I've talked about everything that I want to talk about. Um, uh, just a reminder uh, that if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a review on on, uh, on iTunes. Uh, you can find it on iTunes now. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. Uh, Buzzsprout is more or less just the the... The medium that I use to upload things, the, the the podcast to Spotify and iTunes, but you can still listen to it there if you want to. Uh, I would recommend using Spotify, iTunes, or YouTube because it gives me more um, of a better idea of who's listening uh, because of how big the mediums are and how easily I can access them. Buzzsprout is kind of a finicky thing; it's a little bit weird. <laughs> uh, I'm not really used to it right now, so I would much prefer if you if you listen to it on those. Uh, those mediums plus they're a lot easier to access and i mean everyone probably has either itunes spotify or youtube so if you enjoy uh listening to extreme evocast please consider leaving your support and your feedback uh i really really appreciate it i would appreciate any feedback that you can give um i i took a few liberties uh from suggestions from my friends about the the background noise problem about volume problem i'm going to just try and improve it as much as i can over time um, and try and make it as much of a, of a positive experience for you guys as possible. That's, that's all I really want <laughs> to, to do this and, and make people happy with, with what I'm talking about. Uh, so I think that's all the time we have for today. We're about an hour and 20 minutes in, so that's actually perfect. That's the time frame that I was hoping to achieve. So, um, like I said, if you enjoy, please consider leaving your support and feedback. And uh, I will see you guys next episode. <laughs> Bye.